Hello and welcome back to English from the North, the podcast for learners of English with an intermediate to advanced level who want to enjoy their English with a bit more of a Scottish twist. My name is Lewis and in today's episode we're going to be continuing looking at accents because I realised in the last episode when I talked about how my accent is and kind of where it comes from and why I sound, well, how I sound the way I do, I realised I said I would explain the why and then I never actually did. I think I'd had my morning coffee and I was a bit too excited and sort of forgot about that while I was talking about other things. So in this episode, we're gonna have a look at why I sound the way that I do. We're also gonna have a look at the kind of history related to that because there is a sort of historical reason. And we're also going to have a look at some techniques, like I said in the last episode, some techniques that you can use to improve your own accent. So let's get started, shall we? In the last episode, I said that my accent wasn't a typical Dundee accent. I don't sound like people from Dundee proper. I sound, I have a similar accent to people in my neighbourhood, in my, my little sort of town called Brote Ferry, which a lot of Dundonians say is quite a posh area of the city. And they say it's quite a posh area because, you know, houses are very expensive and you get people like me that have what a lot of Dundonians would consider to be more of a posh accent. So where does this whole thing come from? Because as well as being more posh, I also said that one of the main differences between my accent and a typical Dundee accent is that a typical Dundee accent uses more Scots words. Uses Scots words like ken, we would say ken, like to know, instead of words sounding like didn't and going, we'd say like dinne and gone and things like that. That's more sort of the features of Scots pronunciation. And I will do a, a proper episode on Scots itself at, at some point. So why? Why do I sound like that? Well, it all has to do with how I was brought up by my parents, and my parents told me to speak, quote-unquote, properly. They would always say, no, you don't say dinne, it's don't. You don't say ken, it's no. It's not, I ken what you mean, it's I know what you mean. That was sort of a, a classical kind of feature of, of kind of growing up and kind of learning English as a child. And why did my parents do that? Well, they did it because their parents, my grandparents, did it to them. That was what my grandparents were told. Why did my grandparents do that? Well, because their parents told them that that was the correct way to speak. And where does this idea then of the correct way to speak come from? Well, it comes from history. It comes from the history of Scotland being part of the UK and things like that. In the episode number four, where I talked about national identity, I mentioned kind of the union of the crowns and the union of the parliaments where King James VI of Scotland became King James I of England and he took his court and they all went down to London. And so from that point in about 1603, all these Scottish nobles start going down to England. And like I said in that episode, England was the much larger country, the much larger country, the more powerful country, the richer country. So you had this situation where these Scots nobles were going down to England. They were there kind of like for the first time, this small group of people. They had their distinctive way of speaking. They had their Scottish accents for the time and they were kind of made fun of by the English nobles, you know. People were, would, would make fun of them because of the way they sounded, because obviously, you know, they sounded different. And that typically, unfortunately, tends to at least less and less nowadays, but it's, you know, obviously, let's be honest, it still happens nowadays. Sometimes people will, will make fun of other people because of their accent. Like I say, fortunately, it is getting better, but it is something that, you know, has kind of, I suppose, always happened. So these Scottish nobles were kind of made fun of, so they started to change their accent to fit in more with the English nobility. And then 
obviously this process over the years filters back up into Scotland and we also have these problems with classism, this discrimination that I talked about based on social class starts to really have an effect and you sort of get this idea of like I said in the last episode, where with classism, your accent can affect your your chances, your possibilities of getting a job. You have these situations where in order to get a better job, people need to change their accent. They need to make it more well, posh. They need to make it posher. They need to make it less working class. They need to make it not as strong, we would say as well. And if you think that this is like a historical phenomenon, as recently as a couple of weeks ago, I saw a post on Reddit, on the language learning subreddit, from a guy saying, how can I get rid of my Glasgow accent? He was a native English speaker from Glasgow. How can I get rid of my Glasgow accent? Because it's negatively affecting my chances of getting a job. I cannot get a job. I cannot get certain jobs. I can only get so far because of my accent. And that's in 2024 that's happening. So it, it does still happen. And historically, that's kind of where it happened. You know, the traditional Scots accents were seen as, as as wrong. People with these kinds of, and not just Scots accents, other accents in England as well. You know, if you have a typical Newcastle accent or a Liverpool accent or a, a, a Manchester accent, you know, you were seen as, as, as working class, stupid, things like that. And it affected your chances of, of getting a job. So that's where this whole speak properly thing comes from. Don't say Ken say no, don't say dinny, say don't. The irony is though, and I mentioned this about my parents in, in the episode about national identity, is uh, my parents are big Scottish nationalists. They, they believe very, very strongly in the idea of an independent Scotland. They think that Scotland should be an independent country. They are very proud to be Scottish. They do not identify as British whatsoever. They detest the fact that their passports, that's a fantastic word actually, detest. They detest the fact that their passports say that they are British citizens. They see themselves as Scottish and Scottish only. Yet there was still this thing of, no, you need to learn to speak properly, because like I say, they'd learnt it from their parents. They, you know, when they were younger, that was just the way it was. What we see now more and more in Scotland, even though you do have like that, those posts, like I say, these people that are saying, oh, I need to get rid of my accent to get a better job is that this idea of taking pride in your sort of national identity, taking pride in your accent, taking pride in your local language, it is becoming stronger and stronger. We see it in, in other parts of the world as well, you know, in Spain, for example. I'm going to use Spain a lot for for examples in, in this podcast, just because, you know, I've been to Spain loads, I speak Spanish and all that kind of thing. It's the kind of country that I'm the most familiar with, but... In Spanish, for example, there's a lot of work around the regional languages, um, Catalan, Basque, Galician, all these kinds of languages and really being sort of proud of, of them and, and promoting them more in France with Breton and, and, and things like that. So this idea of being proud of sort of your regional identity, it is becoming stronger and stronger. So we do see less and less of this, this discrimination and this sort of efforts to kind of change and make your accent more neutral. But... That kind of explains why my accent is the way it is. It's a product of just my upbringing, and that's just kind of that's just kind of how it is. It's why I don't feel comfortable really talking in a proper broad Scottish edge. Ken, what I mean, because that's not me. That's not who I am. I can do it. I can understand it. But again, it's not you know, it's not really, it's not really what makes kind of me me my 
accent when speaking English is, is you know, it is what it is. It is the sort of Scots English. It's more Scots English than it is pure Scots. So having talked about how my kind of pronunciation changed as I was growing up and how I was corrected, that kind of brings me on to the topic of what can you do as a learner of English or indeed as another language to improve your accent, to, you know, have a, a more natural sounding accent if, if that's what you're after, if you're after having a more, you know, sounding as much like a native speaker as possible. Well, there are a couple of things that you can do. The, the first one, and I've spoken about this before, is immersion, is comprehensible input, listening lots to videos and audios and, and things like that. Over time, that will naturally kind of improve your accent. If you really pay attention to how these people pronounce the words in the, in the videos and things like that, you can start to mimic them. And your brain will sort of start to pick up the pronunciation naturally as well. That's why people like Dr. Stephen Krashen, who created Comprehensible Input, sort of popularized the idea of Comprehensible Input. He suggests you wait for like hours and hundreds, if not thousands of hours before speaking, because the idea is that it helps you to have, you know, better pronunciation. Although I appreciate that not everybody can listen to languages for hundreds and hundreds of hours before speaking. It's quite difficult to, I would say, to fight the temptation to not speak for, for that length of time. So you can do that. You can immerse yourself in content. You can get a tutor on a service like italki. You can find a teacher and there are teachers that will offer certain classes in pronunciation and improving your accent. You can also, if you just have like a general teacher for whatever language, you can ask them to, oh, can you please, you know, really help me to correct my pronunciation. It's more something I do with French than I do with, with English. So one of my French tutors, Fadia, she's really good at picking up on my French pronunciation because mastering French pronunciation, it's a lot more difficult than mastering Spanish pronunciation. And it also matters a lot more in French. Basically, in Spanish, it's a bit easier. If you make mistakes with pronunciation, then it doesn't really affect the meaning as much. Meanwhile, in French, there are words that like, you know, if we talk about, I think it's like, I can't even remember the words off the top of my head, but like to, to start as in like to start an electronic device and to reach those two words, it's like éteindre et attendre. It's that, you know, et and en. It's that little kind of those nasally sounds. That is the difference. So you can see that in French, you know, it's, it's a bit more tricky and it's quite tricky to, to, to master that. There are some French combinations that, that really I, ha I have trouble with when it comes to comes to pronunciation. So I'll ask her to correct my pronunciation more because it, it's something that I need to work on with, with French a lot more. So you can do comprehensible input immersion. You can get a tutor to help you out. Another thing that you can do is a technique called shadowing. And if you don't know what shadowing is, shadowing is a really effective way to kind of develop your accent. And basically shadowing is the process of sort of speech replication. And it's quite a simple technique. Basically, you choose a piece of audio from a speaker with the accent, with the speaking pattern that you want to acquire, and you copy their pronunciation word for word, copying the speech, the pronunciation, the intonation, the flow, all this kinds of stuff. So, for example, a way that you could do that is you could take the transcript of this podcast, which is available in the description below, you could follow along as I'm reading or as I'm speaking and you read the transcript out loud and you could do it in little sections at a time. 
you know, really pay attention to the words. You could even print off the transcript or, or get it on some kind of device and maybe highlight the areas where I, I emphasize words more, where I they're, they're weaker, you know. We don't tend to pronounce our auxiliary words, our little pronouns and, and little auxiliary verbs. You know, we don't say, I can do that. We say, I can do that. Okay, so it's not can, it's can. I can do that, I can do that things like that you pay attention to these little things and you basically you play the audio at the same time and you speak along with it and you kind of repeat certain bits and then you, you build and you build and you build and that's a really effective way of developing your accent as well in general reading along as you're listening to something is a fantastic way to just learn a language Com combine it combining <laughs> there we go an example of a pronunciation error there but combining the two combining reading with listening is a really good way to just learn in general to help your brain to acquire the vocab and, and things like that. But yeah, if, if you do it out loud, you can help to develop your accent as well with this technique, with this, this shadowing technique. So I think that just about covers everything for today. A bit more of a, a shorter episode today, kind of because, like I say, this is kind of like an added extra to the last episode. This is kind of some stuff that I'd kind of forgotten about in the last episode and more kind of things that I also just wanted to, to talk about, leave them as their own kind of standalone thing because I didn't want to make, don't want to make the episodes too long. Although, do let me know, how long is a, a good length of an episode? When I listen to a podcast, I sort of like to go between sort of 15 to, to 30 minutes. I don't tend to have a plan for how long these episodes of the podcast are going to last. I just kind of write some notes and then kind of go off and, and kind of talk because I want this podcast to show you kind of as, as natural and as spontaneous language as, as, as possible. That's why there will be even I know I've seen from transcripts of previous episodes, sometimes there are kind of grammatical errors and things like that. And that just comes from me kind of thinking as I'm, I'm talking. I don't have it super planned out because if I know if I if I wrote the transcript out full in full before and then I read it off, I'd worry that I'd sound too much like I was reading it. And like I say, I want to kind of have this more natural sort of speech so you can hear sort of spoken English as, as naturally as naturally uh, as it sounds so never really sure how long the episodes are going to last but tend to, to aim between sort of 15 to 30 minutes but if there's a specific length that you like you know let me know I'm always happy to receive feedback if you want to do that you can leave a comment on the video uh, or leave it on the video well if you're watching on YouTube you can leave a comment on the video if you're listening on Spotify uh, Apple Podcasts things like that then by all means leave a comment I think I've already said transcripts are in the description. If you want to support what I'm doing, the link to the Kofi to donate to me is, is, is there. If you, if you want to toss some spare change my way, I'd be very grateful. It would help me to, you know, keep doing what I'm doing. And yeah, that just about wraps it all up for today. So I hope you all have a wonderful day and I will see you in the next episode. Bye-bye.